0: In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.
1: Welcome to Destination Delicious. Today we have the delightful Karen Carrier in the studio with us. First... St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is leading the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. And families never receive a bill from St. Jude because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Visit stjude.org to join the St. Jude mission, finding cures, saving children. Hello, Karen. Hi, Jennifer. Karen, you threw the best party this weekend. (laughs) It is the best party I've been to in so long. It was a perfect night. I call it a perfect storm, actually. Sort of everything aligned. Well, it did. And I cannot believe, so we were there, as you know, because I saw yep. you there. Karen, <laughs> Karen Carrier has opened a new place called Backdo Me Yard. And she'll explain to you what that means. But let me tell you, it's this out outdoor venue, which makes everything great. And I left like 15 minutes before Jimmy Smith's walked in and I'm so mad. I was just across the street. Anyone could have texted me and said, well, I
0: kept getting getting these texts and these phone calls going, Karen, can you, can you come over here? Can you come over here? Um, someone wants to meet you. I'm like, I'll be there in a minute. And then I realized what the big hoopla was about, but I knew because a lot of my staff have left to go work on Bluff City Law and they, they will get their jobs back when they come back. So it was sort of a nice thing. And, uh, so they've all like, can you keep it open later? So I was supposed to close it at eight. I didn't close down the party till ten, because they all got there around eight thirty, quarter to nine, and that's why you missed
1: them. Well, it again, all we did, you know, was the, right. We, Michelle me. was hungry. He had been working right. all day. He wanted to get a little bit more to eat, and we were nibbling, but he right. wanted something. Exactly. To eat. So we we walked across the street, and then we could have walked back, but but we didn't because I didn't <laughs> know. So, so it goes. But anyway, uh, back door. Tell, yard. Yep. Tell us what inspired you to open this wonderful, beautiful tropical spot. Thanks, Jennifer. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a labor of love.
0: It has been an idea I've had between almost 10 to 15 years, and most people just thought it was not going to happen because I kept talking about it. And, you know, I had this space out back, and it was sort of just not the greatest area. It would fill up with water and there was mosquitoes and it was sort of where my staff, we'd all hang out. You know, my staff would smoke cigarettes and just taking a break from the kitchen, whatever. And I kept looking at it thinking, I can do this back here. If I can just clean this up and build a deck I can have my own little Jamaica paradise right in the back of the beauty shop. And so about a year ago, Harlan T. Bobo, who's a really close friend of mine, he lives in France now, but he does a lot of carpentry work. And I said, you know, you want to pick up some work? Let's do this. So he started building the deck, and then he had to go back to France. And I didn't know what I was going to do. It was three-quarters of the way built. And there's this guy that lives behind me named Cowboy. And he walked over one day. He goes, Ma'am, I can... I can help you build this. I'm a carpenter, and I was like, okay. And this guy has done it all for me between him and Wayne Edge. It it was just a symbiotic relationship it was amazing. Yeah, I, I'm so when, it I'm worked, when the worked out.
1: Cowboys number. Uh, no, I got, I got a lot of work.
0: Unbelievable. And uh-huh. so you know, it we had so much rain during the year, mm-hmm. um, the beginning of 2019, and so it sort of had to stop. Um, we started a year ago October. Of course, we opened to the almost to the date, which was pretty, pretty cool. I couldn't believe
1: it. The well, everything about it I loved. But what I am crazy about are all those tropical plants. How are you gonna keep those things alive? Well, that's a whole do? different ballgame. So um
0: Jeannie from Millstone Nursery said, Karen, you're gonna have to bring these in, especially the tropical ones. I have three huge tropical ones. My son had gone to Morocco and he's an architect design builder in Sonoma, and he kept sending me these magnificent photographs. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they were just lush, the places he would stay. And so I was like, that's what I want back there. I want it to be this lush tropical oasis. How am am I going to do that here in Memphis? So Dana was like, let's just drive into Millstone Nursery. And I was like, they're going to be too expensive. That's crazy. But we drove in there one day. And it was amazing. And I met Jeannie, who pretty much runs the place, and I'll tell you, she was like, I'll work with you. And it was just incredible what she picked out and what we decided. And they brought them over, and I thought the deck would fall in, but it didn't. And it's just great. So we're going to wheel them into the beauty shop during the winter. Really? Yep, into the front windows, which will be great because it's huge front windows. They get a lot of sun. And it'll work out well. Where, the,
1: where will the band play? The um, bands. no, in the beauty
0: shop, we have no The bands. beauty
1: shop, DK, yeah, yeah, that's that's I was, yeah, right. I was really wondering where. No, you no, 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 no. at the beauty shop, shop yeah, has all sure. those big windows, so that's I think true. it'll be
0: really pretty. Or we'll build a little greenhouse out back. We've thought about that.
1: The I love tropicals and love to have them around the pool, but I just have gotten to where I just do whatever if. if if it dies, it dies, and right. most of them will. But <laughs> I but don't want these. To no, die. I was going to say big. no. Yeah. something that it big. just and that uh,
0: I wanted to. I wanted it to feel like a, I feel when I go to Jamaica and get off a plane, it's just, I just the smell won't be there. But except for the waft of the food, but um, you know everything else should be there.
1: Okay, that food was just great, and of course we were just nibbling because we were just just sampling things, right? Yeah. But the meat was so tender, it's unbelievable. And you were telling me it cooks in literally like fifteen minutes, right? It's unbelievable. Lamb chops that cook in ten minutes, dark chicken thighs and
0: legs that cook in fifteen minutes, crispy skin, moist on the inside, and I was like, Blake, there's no way, Blake. Carson Mm -hmm. and from Rodizio. And he was like, Karen, he did a tutorial about a week ago, Sunday for all my staff. And we were like, I said, this chicken's not done. He goes, no, Karen, it's done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. So that made a world of difference for me and my staff because we thought, oh, how long is it going to take to get out? Are we going to have to start this so much earlier, the fire, because it's done over uh, open charcoal fire. And It's just, it was quick. And if
1: you're using lump charcoal, it holds the fire longer so we don't have to keep feeding it. So when you open Wednesday, Wednesday, October 23rd Mm -hmm. is when you're going to open. Five o'clock. Five five Mm -hmm. o'clock and kind of. Till well, we're going to open
0: uh, food till ten, and then um, Wednesday and Thursday, and on the weekends it'll be five to eleven for food. And then we'll probably keep the bar open until midnight on Friday and Saturday, and on Wednesday and Thursday probably till eleven. We'll do it like that. We're going to play it by ear. Of course, when spring and summer comes, I'm opening in the craziest time of the year. You know, it's going to get cold. We have heaters. Um, it's not covered. That's a whole different ball game. So when it rains. We'll probably be closed, but we'll let people know on Facebook what we're showing movie wise. We'll let people know on Facebook if we'll be closed because of the inclement weather. But you know, I was told it was going to rain 40% this past weekend, and it never rained at all, so it's a, it's a hit and miss. We just
1: it's going to be a little confusing well, for I this mean, season, but you know, I think that I, it. I love outdoors, I do too, and I think that and I think that that is part of what makes it so much fun. Oh, absolutely, being there, of course, of course, it was fun anyway, because right. it's going to be fun. You throw a party, it's fun, period. That's I like how to it is. throw parties. You do. And, and, and you throw a really <laughs> good party. I do good
0: parties. And you do.
1: <laughs> Too now, many
0: years of catering, let me tell you. <laughs> well,
1: it w- and it was great. But I have a feeling it'll be like that, because I, I think it's going to be, you know, maybe not quite that crowd. That was, you know, really, yeah, really crowded. so. Bring <laughs> it on.
0: <laughs> I'm all about it, you know.
1: <laughs> but the food, now when we go in, when I go in on, say, I come there Wednesday night to eat, when I sit down at one of the little tables, there are going to be nut dust on my table, right? Yes,
0: three nut dust on the tables and three sauces on the tables. Now
1: explain the nut <clears throat> dust. Explain so it for it's an understand. interesting
0: story, and I, I know you covered it in your article today, and I'm really glad you did. Raji Jalapali, when I came back from New York City, she befriended me, and we I used to go out there. Um, I would leave my husband with my kids, and I would go out there, and she loved to drink champagne, and we just talk about food. And, you know, I had a big Mexican background because of Susanna Trilling, and she had, of course, an Indian background. We just compared notes, and it was really fun. She closed the place down. I mean, it was after she was closed, and I'd sit there till 1 or 2 in the morning with her. When she called me when she moved her place over on Peabody – um, she called and said, "Look, I'm I'm dying. I'm, I've got cancer, and I know I ha- I'm i going to die." I'm like, "Oh," she goes, "No, really, I'm a scientist. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I she don't did, have much longer." Right. I mean, she I was remember, very pragmatic you know, about right. it, and she said, "I'd like for you to come to dinner, but I'd also like for you to come and let me teach you a few things. I want you to carry them on." And I was like, "Okay." And they were these nut dusts, and hers were very um Indian you know, oriented. Um, that's where the cardamom seeds on a lot of them come in, fennel seeds. And then I added the chilies. So it was a really interesting combination of how she taught me. It was like sesame wahjillo is one of the nut dust. Uh, Uh, cashew pasilla, Brazil nut dust, which has the cardamom in it. And some of the, so what we do is we toast most of the nuts and the seeds and all of the, you know, the cinnamon sticks and so on and so forth. With the Brazil nut dust, the nuts are too oily. So that stays in there. They stay raw. And then everything else gets toasted, ground up and added to the ground um, Brazil nut dust. But they're, I call them, I call them my trick bag. Um, they're enhancers to my food. And I've used them throughout the years. Even when I first came to Memphis and had my first restaurant that I sold in 2008, um, I even had them there, not as plentiful as you see them at the beauty shop. But I've always used them. And they're just these little enhancers, almost like my candied citrus zest. So basically, people are like, what is this? You know, you'll have a piece, you'll have a grilled ribeye, but all of a sudden, you have these candied garlic chips and you have a sesame wahio dust and you're like, what? What's happening in my mouth, and I love that because you can see it on their face. It's really fun, and
1: let's let's take a break for just one second, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask you some really stupid questions because I'm, <laughs> I am so I just really am I'm impressed with these nut dust. <laughs>
0: okay. The Destination Delicious Podcast is brought to you by FedEx.
1: FedEx delivers more than just packages or pallets; we deliver possibilities. Okay, we're back. So these are really made with nuts, but they're yes. not they're not coarse. They're not like dukkha like the in uh, the Egyptian uh, no. nut dust. And they're not pasty like a nut butter. So you just get them really fine like that's right. Sugar or salt. That's exactly. type of texture. Exactly.
0: They're like a powder
1: so to speak. How do you even do that? You just say you're drying them first. Yes, so. you have to toast them first. So basically okay.
0: you're toasting all the spices and the chilies for about eight minutes in an oven. It's not long. And then you let it cool and you grind it in a spice mill grinder. So the cashews, you can toast them if they're raw, but the Brazil nuts, like I said, are too oily. So we just keep them raw. We grind them up. They're separate. We, we toast all the, the herbs and the chilies and, and the spices and, and, maybe white peppercorns, you know, cardamom seeds, fennel seeds. There's so many things that we add to
1: the different ones. I just think that this is just so, so much a part of what makes your food so different from other food in town. I mean, even, you know, I was talking about you recently with Hugh Balthrop at Sweet Magnolia. Yeah, he's a good man. Oh, he is. I love, you I love
0: Hugh. And I I send him like 20,000 ideas of gelatos every (laughs) week. And he goes, Uh, Okay, Karen, I think I can pull it off. Oh, you can do it, Hugh. I know you can do it. He's like, Lord.
1: But he does. He does it. it, But that's what we were talking about is how, I mean, he makes stuff for restaurants, and he makes this commercial thing, and then he makes your stuff <laughs> right. and, it's, and, it's, and what, it's a lot it is what you ask yeah. him to make so yeah. these aren't his recipes these are your recipes right. that you asked I know um, I was in there one night and there was something <laughs> and I was expecting just Hughes coffee gelato right? and they brought it to me and I said no this isn't what I ordered and they said no, I think it is and I said no it's not because I the thought Vietnamese. that and then and then you even came out and you said no this is this is it and I said <laughs> okay it's it but it was yours it was something different right? and I can't remember what it was yeah. exactly but it's probably the Vietnamese coffee. Maybe it was. Yeah. And it did taste different from here Yeah, it, but it does. Was, but it was delicious. Yeah. It was something you, but everything you do, you do like that. I mean, there's so many... Um, I mean, even at the bar, but in, in your food, when I... Um, you know, coming there and I was reading something that I wrote a couple of years ago about your food and it was making me remember like right. around the fifteenth anniversary of the beauty yeah. shop and eating in there. And brunch, how many different cuisines are represented at brunch and how uh, different it all tastes. Well,
0: you know, when I first started brunch it was sort of normal. And I was like, eh, you know, and I love, I'm a brunch girl. I'm a breakfast girl. I love breakfast. So then I started a whole thing where I went brunch around the world. So every week or every month it was a different country. And that led to a full menu of different cuisines on the actual one brunch menu and it's great because you have the israeli breakfast and you have the italian breakfast right. you have the mexican breakfast but people love that you know and then you have tons of vegetarian options that they can come in and get but i'm you know i was taught really truly my mother i was raised in a kosher orthodox home and she entertained constantly it was a great baker a great cook and we had like 40 or 50 people over at the house from the family constantly. So it was always entertainment going on. But as I got out of the house and was able to first try bacon and, you know, shellfish and stuff, and then met Susanna Trilling, you know, in New York City, and she, her grandmother was Mexico, and the women who were in the kitchen were from Belize and all over the world – That's where I started, like, really learning. Her boyfriend was Tony Garnier, who's Bob Dylan's bass player, and he was from Cajun, and he would be making these big pots of gumbo when we would come in to start cooking on Avenue A. So the the background is crazy. And then I come back to Memphis and I have women who have been with me from Vietnam and Thailand for over 25 years in my kitchens. So their foods have influenced me greatly. So you have the Israeli, which is what my background is. Um my mom's from England, my grandfather's from Amsterdam. And then you have all these people that have entered my life and they made a huge impression on me. And then there was Jamaica which I started going to when I was 17. And I started learning how to cook from Miss Winnie, who was a squatter on the beach. And she would cook for me and all my friends. And then she saw me, you know, as 17 all the way till I was pregnant, you know, married, pregnant, had my kids, and it just went on and on. And she passed away, but she taught me everything everything about jamaican cuisine she had hands that were the most beautiful things i'd ever seen but she would like wash out rum bottles early in the morning and she would make sour sap by hand and fresh squeezed juices and i would just sit at her feet and her food
1: was out of control so you're you're in jamaica what three or four times a year at least three
0: times a year it's my favorite it's it's paradise it's truly paradise
1: now, do you go to the same place every time?
0: I do. I, so. I, I mean, I travel around a lot. Mm-hmm. I've traveled the whole island, and I drive there, which is quite scary on the wrong well, side of the road and the wrong side okay. of the car. She doesn't drive to get there. She drives <laughs> once she's I think there, that's exactly. But it's yeah, you really. I have friends who I've taken with me. They're like, please don't drive, Karen. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get on and the other side oh, of the road. It is crazy
1: because I mean, the, but they're still American cars, so they're made to drive on yeah our side. Like in you know in the Virgin yeah, Islands, the, it's the same. Everything's way. switched. Yeah, so it makes it even worse, and the lights blind. Yeah, because you at nine you've and
0: you're got like, ah. that's exactly right, and you're trying to shift with your other hand, and you're like, okay, this is really weird. Yeah, but uh, no, it's it's um, it's it's quite magical there. But I go to Negril and I used to stay on the beach when I was young, and of course when my kids were young. Now I stay up in the cliffs at the Rock House, and uh, anybody, it's 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 the best place to stay in Jamaica. It's just it's the best, and uh, I have friends. Basically, I have. Jamaican family, I've known them since I was 17, and you know, that's a long
1: time. So you're still seeing the same people same there. Same people. That's just wonderful. Yep. That really is. Yeah. Well, you've created a family in a lot of different places. Yeah. You, and now you still have automatic slims in, in New, New York, York, right? Yeah,
0: I do, which is unbelievable. Uh, it's me and my partner. There were nine guys in me when we started, and um, now there's just me and David. His his family owned the building, and he still runs it. And I'm the last of the Mohicans. He bought everybody out. And when I uh, started the beauty shop, I was like, "You should just buy me out." He goes, "Oh no, you're not going anywhere." <laughs> and so the great thing is. I just let people go and they can drink for free. My friends, when they get there, you know, he'll take care of them. And my son bartended there when he got out of RISD and, you know, made a good amount of money until he started doing what he wanted to do. And so it actually worked to my behalf to keep it.
1: And this is like a little juke joint.
0: Oh, it's a juke joint. It's like a Memphis juke joint in the heart of Manhattan, in the heart of the West Village, on the corner of Bank and Washington. It has been there since we opened on the bicentennial day. We had a
1: Budweiser box, it took one 10s, and 20s, no change. It was amazing. Karen, you've just led such an intro Every time I talk to you, I mean, even some of this stuff, you know, I know about, but it's yeah. just, it's just fascinating. Yeah. And it's been a fun one. Let me tell well, you. Well, give give advice to people. Just give me some advice. I mean, I'm to give advice to Natalie. Natalie's young over here. Give advice <laughs> to her. <laughs> I just think you have to-, to
0: do what you love. I think you have to do what you love, and if you don't, you need to get out quick. I would not – if people go, oh, Karen, you know, you're in this business because of the money. I am not in this business because of the mighty dollar. I – love this business. I love people. Um, I love the interaction and the craziness of never knowing on any day what's going to happen from the time I walk into one of my restaurants to the time I leave. And usually it's mayhem. But you know, sometimes mayhem um, works itself out and you learn a lot of lessons on the way. And I have had people with me. Dan has been with me for 35, 36 years. And dishwashers for 17 years, and dishwashers became cooks for 22 years, and I just believe in creating families. I don't like turnover. I hate it, because that messes with the quality of your food. And So everybody sort of has a stake in the fact that I will always be there for them. I will always help them, whatever their needs are. If they need money to pay a bill, if something's wrong with their kids, if they need to take off a month to go travel Europe, if they need to go tour because they're a musician, I'm down. If they need to go work on Bluff City Lawn. If they need to go work on Bluff City Lawn. They they know their job will be there when they come back. So it is a family, and it's the only way I know how to run it. I believe if you underpay people and you just I just think you you get what you pay for and and you get what you the love you put into them and that's what comes back
1: well Memphis loves you and you are truly truly a Memphis treasure I I say that with, with all of my heart I mean every 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 one of those three or four words I just said, but the sentiment <laughs> is is there. Well,
0: that's my hometown, and I have a lot of a lot of love for it, and I try to spread that
1: information all over the world. The um, backdoe. Slash me yard, just back door. Back, it's gonna be called backdo. Uh, it is
0: gonna be called backdo. Yeah. So meet me in my back door. Meet me in my back door It's such a Memphis slang, mm. and me yard is because in patois in Jamaica it means my home, my family, m- or my yard. Right. But the fact that it means my home, my family, it was just perfect to go along with backdo. It sure. made sense because it is my backyard.
1: <laughs> and, well, <laughs> it, really it is, is really. I you mean, know? you can walk, you can walk in and back too, but you go in through, uh, DKDC. Well, you, or, no, not DKDC. You oh, go through, through the beauty, beauty shop. shop. You right.
0: don't want to go through DK because of the music. It could get very confusing because, you know, um, but you can come through the back gate, which you can enter off of Young. Uh, there's a sign on Young, mm-hmm. and then you can enter off of, um, Blythe, which is the street right behind us you can walk up through the parking lot um or you can enter through the beauty shop and then go down the hallway where the we have all these things good that go these signs that go this way that way and the little arrows pointing so we tried to make it understandable like the craziness of how to get in there
1: you what they will find it yeah i like the fact that you don't you have to know where it is to get there. Oh, I one like thing that. before, before we go, I was almost it finished, but we don't want to finish quite yet because of the movies. You mentioned the movies, but the movies are sort of part of Ron Shapiro. Who Absolutely. Was, that was part of something he was going to help you on. Ron Shapiro, everybody listening was, uh, he, he founded the Hoka down in uh, Oxford. He was a very good friend of Karen's. He was uh, a good friend to many people and acquaintance to many more, a wonderful man who died in August and, just sort of, not just an ambassador for Oxford, but really for mm. this part of the country, I think.
0: Cultural ambassador and, to the world.
1: And he was someone you were close to, so I've you're doing Ron this. since
0: 1976, wow. when he first came to Everything Oxford.
1: happened in 1976. A lot of stuff <laughs> it happened was, It was 76. the year for you, Karen. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: telling you. But um, Ron thought that this was my best concept yet. He was like, by far, Rosie, this is the best concept you've ever had. And I was like, great, so you know, you can help me with the movies. He was so excited. Excited because he Why did he
1: call you Rosie?
0: That's my middle name. Ah. Okay. and uh, people, my father called me Rosie. So if you know me a long time, that's sort of is it, it goes. Rose or Rosie? It's Rose, but they call me Rosie. Sure. But he was gonna. He was so excited because he was going to be able to introduce the movies and talk about the movies, and you know, he was somewhat retired. He he drove authors for Square
1: Books. Scale. And I'd see him at the airport every time I Constantly. went to the airport. He was always yeah. at the airport. Yeah,
0: and he was such a great. You know. He, Everybody loved to drive with Ron because he had the best stories. He'd always read the books of the authors before he picked them up. So he's very knowledgeable, but yeah, he, um, got very sick and, and, and died way too soon for many of us. And, uh, actually November 1st, there's a huge um, party and memorial for him in Oxford, um, at the powerhouse. So if you're listening, please come,
1: but. November 1st mm-hmm. powerhouse in Oxford. Yeah. So everyone, uh, Mark that on your calendars if that, if you knew Ron and you want to go. Be sure Thank to do you. that. Karen, thanks. Absolutely. I will be at there sometime, but I'm leaving town this weekend, but I'm going to get over there first Great. and try it again. This rain is blowing out today. It's going to be beautiful be fall pretty. weather. Yeah. And I'm going to encourage everybody else get over there too thanks jennifer come back
0: thanks. again i will i All loved right. it thank you
1: you can subscribe to this podcast and others from the daily memphian anywhere you get podcasts including itunes spotify and google play follow us on facebook and instagram at eat drink memphis and keep up with our monthly events at daily slash delicious for the destination delicious podcast i'm jennifer biggs deliver olives, Greek sandals, and everything you need to relive that perfect trip to the Mediterranean. But what you really get when FedEx knocks on your door is so much more.
0: FedEx delivery.
1: Memories. What we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily
0: Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. The Truth in place.